From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, retinal detachment after YAG capsulotomy. I think really what illustrates the difference is the fact that the literature shows that there's a rate as high as 3.6%, and yet I can't remember the last time a patient came back with an RD after I did a YAG. First this. 2017 marks the launch of a new meeting, the iWorld Surgical Summit in Deer Valley, Utah. The beauty of Deer Valley is astounding. Gorgeous mountains, crisp air, wonderful food, and Deer Valley is justifiably famous for its fabulous skiing. And all of this is just the backdrop to the most convivial and practical meeting of the year. The iWorld Surgical Summit focuses on advances and techniques that you can apply to your practice immediately. Look for links to next year's Surgical Summit at surgicalsummit.iworld.org. And did I mention the skiing? When I was a resident, we were taught to counsel patients that Yang capsulotomy is a safe procedure with a risk of retinal detachment of only a few percent. In my intervening years of clinical practice, I have not changed the way I counsel patients, yet it's difficult for me to remember a single patient who suffered a retinal detachment following YAG capsulotomy. Two possibilities exist. Either my technique for YAG capsulotomy is so substantially different and better than the average technique, implausible because I don't know that YAG capsulotomy techniques vary much between practitioners, or these numbers are substantially inaccurate and antiquated. Does new evidence exist that suggests lower and more realistic rates of detachment following YAG capsulotomy? Chris Rudnitsky is in a position to answer this question, having just published a large study of retinal detachment rates after YAG capsulotomy. And I'm delighted to welcome Chris as my guest today. YAG capsulotomy is understood to be a safe procedure associated with infrequent complications. Aside from maybe intraocular lens damage or CME, the complication that deserves the most consideration is retinal tear and detachment. Chris, by what mechanism does YAG capsulotomy cause retinal tear or detachment? Well, I should say our study didn't set out to identify this, but we did think about it, and we certainly looked at this when we were reviewing the literature. Um, I think at the end of the day, no one knows exactly what mechanism, but probably the most common sense explanation is just when you're shooting the laser, the uh, explosions of the uh, YAG laser, they jiggle the vitreous. The vitreous uh, is attached to the retina, and that can cause a tear, and then that leads to detachment. Uh, so it's more of a common sense explanation as opposed to a, a proven mechanism. Prior to your study, what was generally understood to be the rate of retinal tear or detachment following YAG capsulotomy? Yeah, that's a good question. And this is actually re- the reason why we did the study. In my residency, we were taught to tell patients 1% to 2%. And then when we looked at the literature as part of our, uh, our study design, um, we found that the literature rates varied. And so some would say zero, and they went up as high as 3.6%. And it's exactly this problem is that um, common wisdom says that the rate is high, and yet that's not really what one observes in, in clinical practice. Is the association between YAG capsulotomy and retinal tear or detachment dose dependent? That is, is the amount of energy delivered by YAG capsulotomy, does that amount of energy correspond with the relative risk of tear detachment? I suppose the best answer is probably. 
Um, again, this isn't something our paper studied, and there's probably no modern evidence about this. Um, any study that looked at this would be quite old when the lasers were brand new, and the eyes they were treating were probably ones that developed posterior capsular pacification after extra cap. Um, those eyes might be different in some way. For example, maybe they had more fibrosis, or maybe uh, they had uh, lots of lenticular proliferation because it wasn't cleared fully. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why those eyes would have been different. Um, so, I, I mean, I think intuitively it makes sense that if you use a higher laser power, that's going to create more disruption of the capsule and vitreous, and thereby more uh, movement of the vitreous, and then an increased risk of retinal tear. But I don't, I don't think there's any study that proves that. Both in terms of technique and in terms of materials employed, cataract surgery has changed a great deal over the last several decades. When we quote risks, and you, you alluded to this in your, in your last answer, um, when we quote risks of detachment or retinal tear after a YAG capsulotomy, when were these studies on which these risk numbers performed? And is there any reason to believe that these risks don't reflect the milieu in which we're now performing YAG capsulotomy? Yeah, another good question. I mean, uh, the studies that we looked at and found in the literature that had been published uh, anywhere from the late 80s to the early 2000s. And so then even the studies that were most modern would have been looking at patients from the late 90s. Many of those eyes, if not all, would have been those that had extra cap. Um, and again, it's I think it just stands to reason that those eyes would be a little bit different than than the ones that we're working on today. The other thing is that the lasers that were used then weren't as refined as they are now. Like an early YAG laser filled an entire room compared to you know, what it looks like now. So power settings could have been different. The degree of fibrosis, like how, how dense the posterior capsular pacification was could be different. Um, I think really what illustrates the difference is the fact that the literature shows that there's a rate as high as 3.6%. And yet I can't remember the last time a patient came back with an RD after I did a YAG. So, uh, I mean, I think there, there definitely is something different about the way we do these lasers today. So having set this this context, what was the question that your study sought to answer? We wanted to know what the rate of retinal tear and retinal detachment was after YAG capsulotomy, basically just so I could inform patients accurately. Chris, can I get you to describe the design of this study? Yeah. Uh, so we used the Alberta Health Practitioner Claims Database. So I realize probably many of your listeners are from the United States. And so one could think of this like having a single HMO for every citizen in a single state with a population of 4.1 million people. And so then we identified YAG capsulotomies. And then in those patients that had a YAG capsulotomy, we looked to see if they developed a retinal tear or retinal detachment. And so we defined these events using ICD diagnostic codes, and then we linked them to specific billing codes. I understand that that with this sort of model that 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 there are things that that can't be be teased out that it's 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 difficult to look at um, at particular uh, clinical factors that may have correlated um, with uh, with detachment or 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 tear if uh, those clinical factors aren't actually coded for in the in the medical record system. But one one thing that, that you could clearly look at was patient age. What were your findings regarding age as a risk factor for terror detachment after capsulotomy? Um, yeah, we didn't get into this a lot in the paper, although we did look at it. Um, we did find that more retinal tears and detachments occurred in older patients. Um, I'll be honest in saying, I don't know if that means older patients are at higher risk to have a YAG um, because in order to have a YAG, you have to have had a cataract first, and cataract is age-associated. Um, proportionally, more tears and detachments occurred in older patients, though, um, 
And, and so when we look at this, like, for example, the rates of those uh, older than 50 were higher than those for younger than 50. And in general, there was a trend that proportions increased with age for both tears and attachments. So it, I mean, it does suggest perhaps that, that older patients are at higher risk of this. Um, but I mean, I think as you, you've pointed out, it's, you know, there's not enough data that we have access to to really answer this question thoroughly because I think you have to start thinking then about some of the covariates that might predict retinal detachment like high myopia, um, um, prior trauma, uh, the fact, you know, maybe some of these people have had detachments repaired, like a younger patient having a cataract surgery these days is probably more likely to have had something else done like retina surgery. Um, so it's, it, I don't think there's enough background information to answer the question really accurately. But still, it, it's, an, it's an interesting finding because prior to your study, one of the mechanisms that was proposed um, for the connection between the capsulotomy and retinal tear or detachment was the development of a PVD following uh, yeah, capsulotomy. And one would think that older patients would be more likely to have a pre-existing PVD um, prior to yeah, capsulotomy and therefore would have been at, at lower risk uh, for a, a detachment rather than, rather than higher risk were that the underlying mechanism. I agree. You know, but, but again, it's, it really depends on why those young patients had the cataract surgery in the first place. Um, and so when I, when I think about my own clinical practice, the primary reason why someone younger than 50 is having cataract surgery is because they've had uh, some type of retina procedure, like they have diabetes and they've had a vitrectomy and now they have a post-vitrectomy cataract, or they've had a detachment and then they've had scleral buckling and or vitrectomy and now they have a cataract. So those patients are, in essence, protected against detachment because it's already been treated or they've had the vitreous removed and then there's no PVD to develop. Um, and so I guess we don't know. I mean, it's, it's, possible, um, it's possible that there's, you know, there's many explanations. I guess at, at the end of the day, it's just speculation. But I do, do agree it's surprising given, given what you said. When detachment did occur after yet capsulotomy, at what point postoperatively did, did you see this? And at what postoperative point, how, how far out, did the uh, relative risk of detachment or tear return to the baseline risk? Yeah, a good question. Um, this is actually shown really well in figure three of the paper. Uh, so the highest number of detachments was in the first 30 days, and then that number gradually declined until about five months after the procedure. And so then you can see at that point there's a, a plateau. Um, and so that to me suggested that this was a return to the baseline rate. Chris, your study did not specifically look, um, did, did not look at, at, at um, the relative risk of retinal detachment or tear as an interval of time following the initial cataract surgery. But I want to ask you anyway, the, the, the recommendation has been not to perform capsulotomy for at least three months after cataract surgery because performing it within the early post-operative, early post-cataract operative period um, increases the risk of retinal detachment. Do you have any guidance um, for, for me about when it is safe to perform a capsulotomy after cataract surgery? I wish I did, Josh. Uh, yeah, we didn't look at this um, in our study in terms of when the cataract surgery was done and then when the YAG laser was done. Um, and I have to be honest, uh, now I want to go back to the literature and look and see where this recommendation comes from um, and just see what evidence there is to support it. Because, you know, certainly in my practice, you know, there have been instances where we've done YAG laser earlier than three months and things have been fine. 
Um, so the, I guess I have some more more research to do. Yeah, I mean there there are there are cases, and I'm I'm sure you've. I mean anyone who does cataract surgery has this where there is some PSC material that you just can't polish off, and uh, sometimes it's it's in the in the in the visual axis, and it's really hard counseling patients um, to to the to the postoperative patient to say, look, we, this is something that's treatable, and I'm looking forward to treating it, but I can't do it now because this this antiquated literature says. Um, and, and I only say that because I've been in practice long enough that the things that I learned as a resident are antiquated just by virtue of the fact that I've been in practice so long. Um, that you know that 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 it says that we have to wait for this for this period. Um, Chris, how have these findings influenced your own practice? And specifically, do you counsel patients differently now that your estimate of detachment is only about a third? of the likelihood previously quoted of the 3.6% or, or, or whatever that previous number was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and in fact, actually, I tell patients the risk is 1 in 200. And so while the study doesn't actually use that number, what I did was I backed out what I believed was the background rate, and then I used that residual as the figure, and I use this on a daily basis. And I really do feel like this number accurately re reflects clinical practice. One thing I might say about the, the results is that the rate actually might even be lower than what we've reported here because one of the problems with using a billing database that doesn't have information about sightedness is that it's possible there are patients in here who had a YAG on their right eye and then developed a terror detachment in the left. And so there's really no way to tell from this. And so that type of uh, error would bias the results to be a higher proportion. So, so we might still even be overstating the rate. But, uh, I mean, I, I felt like this was still very much a uh, study worth publishing because it's already showing, notwithstanding that potential for there to be bias, that the rate is lower than what we've been, been taught. So I, I still think this information helps to inform patients better. Yeah, and, and, and it's not, I mean, it, it, at, at first it sounds like a silly point saying, you know, how, how can you have an increased rate of detachment in, in a fellow eye if the primary eyes having yeah, capsulotomy, but just as you posited, you know, younger patients having cataract surgery um, may require cataract surgery because of a previous retinal procedure. And we know that patients with um, who require retinal procedures in one eye are more risk for having it in the in the fellow eye. It's entirely plausible that some of these patients, some proportion, really did have detachments in the um in the fellow eye, in the non-capsulotomized eye. Chris, this was a great study, and I am, um, I mean, in, in first of all, it's obviously it's not for me to to make a judgment about the quality of of the of the study, but it's great for me personally because it really is going to change the way that I am I am going to counsel patients. Even next week, I had a conversation uh, with uh, someone who who was frightened about uh, having yeah capsulotomy because of the potential RD risk. And I assure the patient that I'd never actually seen anyone uh, in my own practice, just as you have mentioned, who's had an RD uh, after uh, yeah capsulotomy. And I'm delighted to be able to provide um, evidence now from such a large study saying uh, that the risks are, are, are lower than, than those that I've been quoting. Chris, I want to thank you so much um, for uh, being so very generous with your time. Well, thank you so much, Josh. I have to say your words today have made my day because when I did my master's, we 
talked about how when you, you do research, you're always hoping to get a significant result. But what you really hope for is to be able to put something out that changes practice. Um, and so it's gratifying to hear that this is valuable to people. So thank you so much. Chris Rudnitsky is a professor in the Department of Ophthalmology at the University of Alberta in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. His paper, Rate of Retinal Tear and Detachment After Neodymium YAG Capsulotomy, appears in the July 2017 issue of the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Ask questions of Dr. Rudnitsky or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.